Welcome to Pop the Question, a podcast that exists at the intersection of pop culture and academia. We sit down and talk about our favorite stuff through the lenses of what we do and who we are. From Pannonia Honors College at Drexel University, Dr. Melinda Lewis here. I'm your host. This meeting is being recorded. So this episode of Pop the Question is just a little bit different because we are doing social distancing and we're in the midst of a pandemic. Wait, what I hear you saying is that it's unprecedented times? It's unprecedented person. (laughs) Dr. Katie Barrick, Associate Director of the Center for Interdisciplinary Inquiry. And we're going to do a different episode today. I'm going to be more on the hot seat. Katie and I have known each other for 12 years. How dare you? I don't think you knew that, (laughs) (laughs) to be fair. We've we've been friends for 12 years, and so she knows quite a bit about me, and we are going to play a little game called Love and Hate Island. Now, do you want to explain this, or should I? Honestly, I think you should, because I wasn't there the first time it was named, although I believe we've been playing versions of this the entire time we've known each other. So I think you should sort of tell the tale. So for lunch, we tend to get together as an office. And sometimes during these lunches, we talk about figures of pop- from popular culture or like uh, certain texts or whatever. And we've begun to categorize whether or not we would put these texts, people, whatever, on love or hate islands. And it started with Zoe Deschanel because one of our colleagues does not like Zoe Deschanel. And I think she was maybe the first to be like, oh, she goes right on Hate Island. And that caused everybody in the room to go, pardon? And she was like, yeah, you know, like Hate Island. If I I could stick her on an island and she never could come back or she could never do anything, then that would be like ideal for me. And then we created Love Island, like, yes, please. This is who I would want on my island with me. And so we check in with each other When somebody's like, oh, that person is really aggravating. So aggravating that they would go on Hate Island. And then we we talk about it. There are also various versions with boats, with docks. There's a lot of, I don't love the gray area. I feel like there's two islands and that's it. There's not an in-between island. There's no rescuing. Mm -hmm. You have to put them in one or the other. So are those the rules that you are setting for me today? Well, I anticipated you might get crafty, and let's just see how we feel as we go. I feel like the taskmaster here where I can be like, no, I'm that emoji. Mm -mm." (laughs) You are that emoji. (laughs) (laughs) That is your constant emoji. No. (laughs) Then I'm going to start with one that I know the answer to and that I feel like will be a good sort of entree for people who have not played Love and Hate Island. Sir Nicholas Cage. <laughs> love. 100%. I don't understand why he wouldn't be on everybody's Love Island. He is somebody who chooses not to go by the Coppola name, which I have so many, I already have so many questions, mm-hmm. right? Has, is actually living in some degree the godfather. I, I want to talk to that guy, right? Two, um, I think that he is underrated as an actor. Is that the weatherman? Is that, are you saying that because of the weatherman? I mean, I love the weatherman. No, I know I, you. I think I that if you watch his films, right, and you think about what films he's been in, 
and what like acting is not just like doing whatever you want. You have to think about the context of the film that you're in, the context mm-hmm. of the character, the context of the diegetic world that you're set in. Okay. I think he is a great actor. I think when you look at a film like Drive Angry, which is really a, a film about driving angry. Say what you see. Mm-hmm. He accomplishes all the goals you need to, to accomplish within that role. Hell already is walking the earth. You tell him I'm coming. Tell him I'm coming to get her back. Did he drive angry? Absolutely, every time. I don't understand what more you want. You want him to do Macbeth in Drive Angry? I don't understand the concern. I think that he started making like goofy films, fair, but I think that people just were like, they, they just wrote him off as like kind of a goof troop. But I think he's a little bit. I think there's a huge group of people who love him the way that you do. But mm-hmm. I picked him as an example because I think he is polarizing. I think people yeah. either love, love, love or like, I don't think so. Are incorrect. I <laughs> there are people who are correct and then there are people who are incorrect. And I fall in the correct camp. Okay. how this is going to go. That's <laughs> my okay. My heart is inflamed. It's grown nine sizes too big for my body. Well, let's let's move on then. Jennifer Love Hewitt. Oh, see, this is where a gray area no, is. No, it's is too early. Because I don't love her. Like I, I'm like, I'm not watching that 911 show because she's in it. You know what I mean? Like it's not that level of like interest. Mm-hmm. But God, I mean, I read her book. So for those of you who aren't aware of Jennifer Love Hewitt, she was a major star in the 90s. She's pretty major. I mean, I just rewatched Can't Hardly Wait. I feel like she was a whole moment. Yeah, she like was huge Ghost on Whisper. Party of Five. I know, was she I Know What You Did Last Summer? Was yeah, she was I Know What You Did Last Summer. She was not um, Nev Campbell. Hmm? Not Nev Campbell. <laughs> um, but she also wrote this like really bananas book about relationships and what she expected from her relationships and kind of the rules of the game. And I would say it was Mm -hmm. unreasonable. All of what she was offering as advice was unreasonable. But I read every page fascinated by how her brain operated and how she like treated the world of relationships, particularly as a woman who at that time did, was not very successful. Yeah, it did seem like she got right to the precipice of engagement or marriage and then things didn't quite fall through. But right. I will say reading the book, I was like, but I understand maybe why we, why we didn't go all the way. Uh, I do think at the time, well, Melinda and I quote the Royal Tenenbaums frequently, um, Bill Murray's <laughs> character who's working with someone he's studying and anytime Dudley does anything, he says, How interesting, bizarre. <laughs> or he does a puzzle and then he asks Dudley to mimic it and he says, Where's that red one gonna go? I feel like yeah. you were quoting Bill Murray, like you were like Jane Goodall of Jennifer Love Hewitt, just like, I am fascinated. You know, like, <laughs> what is she gonna say? Just very so, marriage centric. So which island is she on? Well, I don't know. I mean, I love the ghost whispers, so I think she'd have to be on Love Island. Okay. Because I can't put her on Hate Island. I don't hate her. Okay. 
I mean, I don't love, I mean, this is the, this is why a gray area, I wish I could put her in a boat in the middle and it would be a really Stop nice. Even boat. talking about it. Like it's a real option right now. Maybe I'll give you a boat later, but we're I don't understand now. why J love doesn't get the boat now. Why she can't get the boat. Who deserves it? I say, boat cause I'm a tech master. I say, okay. okay. Um, Johnny Depp. Oh, hate Island. Go on. Yeah. I mean, I, there was a time when he would be on Love Island, but that totally. ended in about 2001, I think, or whenever the Pirates zero. started mm-hmm. kind of coming coming back. Um, coming back? You mean like the first round of Pirates, you're fine. Well, we Pirates of the Caribbean was like a, I mean, I understand pi- maybe Pirates of the Caribbean won, but like I, I was over it. I was... I was over it pretty quickly. Like I was like, oh, this is pretty fun. And then once they made like eight, it just wasn't really fun anymore. And he just doesn't seem like a really nice guy. No, he, I mean, no, he doesn't. And uh, I don't really need to see him on a guitar with like <laughs> Alice Cooper and Keith Richards. He, and I love Alice Cooper, but every time I see Johnny Depp with Alice Cooper, it makes me love him a little bit less. And so I'm resentful of that. Okay. Um, I will always love baby Johnny Depp because I think there was a charm. I think there was a, I mean, he was so handsome and cute. Uh, But we have Skeet Ulrich, who I think is aging (laughs) just as well and not a weirdo. He's on Riverdale, right? He's on Riverdale. He plays hot dad number five. (laughs) (laughs) I tell you what, Johnny Depp in a square shirt and Nightmare on Elm Street Hubba hubba. Hubba hubba. That's a, no, don't even get me started. (laughs) Like when you think about that era of like late 80s heartthrob and you have like River Phoenix, Johnny Depp, like already you have two who are just like beyond beautiful. Gilbert Grape, Hubba Hubba. That what was the uh, what were other Johnny Depp movies where it was like dang that guy's real cute. The show twenty one. All Johnny. of them. Well, yeah, Cry Baby. That was the root for uh, young yeah. me. But to be fair, same with Tracy Lords. So. <laughs> well, and I think the thing is, like, he actually was also really talented. Like, he could play a variety of parts. So, you know, he could be in Edward Scissorhands yeah. and play like that type. He could be a Tim Burton movie. He could be in a John Waters movie. He could do something like Benny and June. That was like a root for me. Yeah. He could do like Gilbert Grape. So he had like a breadth of stuff and he was cute and he like was kind of poetic and like broody. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just like felt like maybe it was a lot of trauma. Maybe it was a lot of other stuff, but like, it's just not cute anymore. Yeah. Sorry. First, people should know that a love island can turn into a hate island over time. Yeah. Uh-huh. And you got to send them away. Mm-hmm. Um, Banished. So Tim Burton, you brought him up? Oh, I put him on love island. Yeah. I you was thinking, I was just thinking about Tim Burton. Yeah. I, I, I mean, him, not his films. Yeah. A lot of his films that I feel like you have thumbs down and made a small speeches about. I no really sense. wish he would have retired after Big Fish. Oh, that movie's so good. I know but I can't. It. I think it's so good. But I can't blame the guy for wanting to, like, continue to work. Like, <laughs> that's, that's not his fault. Um, 
with Tim Burton, I feel like he at least has a perspective and he at least has like ideas. I feel like we could talk about movies like a lot and he could teach me a lot about like some cult camp stuff that I don't know about. Um, he seems earnest as well. Like I think if you are yeah, a dude who's making like films the way that Tim Burton, like as much as I wish he would retire after like Big Fish, Frank and Weenie is so good and oh sad and just we so a lot. sobbed. But there's something very, but I think that he captures just like the sheer love of like people and animals and the mm -hmm. world. And like, I think that that is, that's still a quality that would make me interested in, so, in him. Question then, Tim Burton's films, the whole oeuvre, uh -huh. love or hate Island. Can you get past some of those? I think, I think I'd I have to put them on love Island. Yeah, me too. Because, like, I mean, the ones that are good are great. There's Beetlejuice. And I think even the one, yeah, I mean, Beetlejuice is great. Uh, Ed Wood is great. Oh, my gosh. Um, Johnny Depp, so funny in that. So good, so talented. Yeah. Uh, you've Edward Scissorhands, Nightmare, Nightmare Before, Before Christmas. Christmas. I mean, I think that they're all, like, really good. And then you have, like, the stuff that he's, like, company produced. I think Coraline would be in there. Yeah. Like, all those, like, Frank and Weenie. So, like, yeah. I feel like all those films are great. Okay. Um, let's move on. Guy Fieri. I don't want to hang out with him. I mean, there's a really great, there's a really great bit by a comedian who talked about like why people don't like Guy Fieri. And despite the fact that he has done like what he does on his show is give like small businesses, like a vantage, like a focal point on the mm -hmm. national spectrum. He like, just has jobs, um, makes food that people enjoy, maybe not me, but other people. And like, we all hate this guy because he has weird hair. And there's a truth to that. But he also <laughs> wears bowling shirts. And I just feel like at a certain level, we have to say no more. Um, you can have one of these three things. You can have frosted tips. You can have a bowling shirt. And you can have a fedora, but you can't have all three. And there's definitely one of those that you should never have at all. I guess what you're saying is like three strikes. Yeah, out of here. Yeah, you're I just on hate islands. And what I want to do, like his donkey sauce? No, I don't want him making donkey sauce on my. It's called donkey sauce, and I don't. That's not the association I want on my Love Island. Um, oh, your sandwich. On, or on my sandwich. You know what I immediately thought of, though, was, like, Great British Bake Off and all the delicate, beautiful things that they bring to the world. And then America's like, let's turn, let's turn this trash into nachos. <laughs> but that's my America. That's the America I stand for and I want to believe in. Trash nachos. Let's do it. And that's the tower of cheese and tortilla chips. <laughs> it defies gravity. So we want to talk about danger. I want to teach you how to make nachos in a bottomless pit. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
This is this is now. Are you a nacho fan? Yeah. Look, who? LA, not, Wait, who no. doesn't like nachos? You know that. what? Nachos are like pizza. When it's good, it's really good, and when it's bad, it's still good. Yeah. Yeah. You'll still eat it. So let's jump into it. Pile the chips up. Yeah. We're gonna barbecue. drizzle on a little of my barbecue sauce. Okay. But like it's stuff like that. Like yeah, I want to stand by that guy who thought, let's make these nachos as big and goopy and disgusting as as possible so that's the thing like i respect it i love i think that he represents like that is like if we didn't have a guy fieri like what would american cuisine be fair but he's still on hate island still on hate island i can't deal with all three of <laughs> but those you'll things. take these nachos <laughs> he can leave the nachos he can visit bring the nachos in a social distancing world leave them on a dock leave quickly i'll wash my hands take the nachos and not share Okay, that's fair. Um, Fiona Apple. Oh, Love Island, for sure. Go on. 100%. Mm-hmm. I didn't discover Fiona Apple until maybe like, well, I mean, I knew Criminal because that was on all the time. Oh, come on. In the Style 90s. And I, thought, I thought that that was like the coolest song. And then she came out with Across the Universe. I mean, from the Beatles. But it was used in, um, what was that? I mean, Pleasantville. <laughs> It was used in Pleasantville. You might know this from the Beatles. <laughs> well, let, let's just refer back to a wonderful episode of Pop the Question with a panel of people talking about the Beatles. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah the Beatles. Got it. Fiona the Beatles. The Beatles did the song, and then she covered it for Pleasantville. Um, and I remember that being like a really big hit, and I loved 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 her version but uh i i don't think i started really listening to her until extraordinary machine came out because she mm. did that music video with zach elephanakis mm-hmm. and i really liked that song not about love and then i listened to her and then i listened to like the catalog and i was totally transfixed in a way that i was like mad i hadn't listened to her earlier do you know like have you ever yeah, had one of those totally. like bands or movies where you've been mm-hmm. like god if i would have listened to this earlier i would have been maybe different or i would have seen the world differently or what is this posture i have to stare at that's what he said when i was sitting up straight change the name of the game because he lost it he knew he was wrong but he knew it too late but i'm not being fair i keep waiting for you to have that moment with tori amos we're i think you're close (laughs) one day (laughs) keep hoping there was i told you i texted you where i was like oh my gosh i might i just there's something about it and it's and it's strange because there are very I feel like there are very strong similarities between Fiona Apple and Tori Amos. Well, they're ladies. They, they're ladies, but they also sing I like I think Tori Amos ideologically aligns very much with like what Fiona Apple Holy. stands around. And they have very similar experiences that they talk about. They're very interested in women's like perspectives and like life as a woman and everyday experiences as a woman. Um, mm-hmm. Tori Amos does like really cool conceptual stuff. Like on paper, I should like Tori Amos. You should. Like it's bananas <laughs> that I am like, ugh, I just can't, I just can't get behind it. So I, I, maybe it will, maybe like one day it'll click that one song that I texted you about where even my iPhone was like, girl, you got to listen to Tori Amos. <laughs> you got to get it. <laughs> yeah. Fiona Apple though, love. And I, I mean, Tori Amos can stay there, I guess. Cause I, I just. But, like, I can't, I can't. He wasn't even on the docket. Like, I don't know if I was prepared for your answer. Are you putting Tori Amos on Love Island? Or are you putting her on Hate Island? I like the idea of her. So she has to go on Love Island because it's not that I hate her as a person. 
I just, okay. would she be allowed to put on concerts at Love Island? No, not on my watch. But like, I, I like the fact that she exists and that she makes music for people who like, like the people who do love her, love her. And I'm, and I'm happy that she has like that strong fan base. There's like an earnestness to that fandom that like, it's, it's uh, yeah, I'm not going to take a look. Well, let's hold on. I'm going to turn it here. Let's go back. Uh huh. From the film, The Problem Child, The Problem Child, Love or Hate Island. Not the actor, the kid, the character that was the problem child. I don't understand how this is a question. I want to go on Hate Island for sure. <laughs> I didn't know how you'd answer. What do you mean? Okay, he's a problem child. And he yeah, is a jerk. I mean, he had a bad history though and like a hard life. Not, I mean, I'm sorry, go to therapy. You, if you can go to therapy he's prior to coming to Love Island, then great. Maybe by Problem Child 3, when John Ritter really shows him what love is all about, <laughs> and that he can trust John Ritter, then sure, we can have a conversation. But Problem Child 1, oh, too many tantrums for me. Ghost of John Ritter is on my love island. I don't think, all yeah, forms he's of beloved. John Ritter is on my island. Oh my gosh. I mean, I feel like even though I don't like love that type of comedy no, it's necessarily, yeah. but like he is so good at it. Mm -hmm. And then you think about, like, I think about Sling Blade a lot. And he's so... <laughs> I, I do, too. No joke. I do, too. I think of it at least once a week. No joke. Yeah. And I also just, I think that there were a lot of, like, really great performances. Like, Dwight Yoakam is really great in that. Why is he in more stuff? I was going to say, why isn't Dwight Yoakam in more stuff? Because I would cast him in pretty much. I anything. don't know. He is a pleasure to watch in everything that I've ever seen him in. Like... I love him in um, Crank. I love him in, there's a movie that I loved as like a little kid going back to the 90s. And I think it's a Richard Linklater film, but it's like the Newton Boys. And it's yeah, about, it's a, yeah. It's a bunch of brothers who like are in the 1930s. It's like Bonnie and Clyde, but they're brothers. And Dwight Yoakam is maybe the oldest brother, or maybe he's not a brother, but he's like part of the gang and he like blows up safes. It's got Baby Skeet Ulrich. Does it have mm -hmm. Vincent D'Onofrio? Yes, it does. Yeah. So it has like, check, 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 all these people that I really, uh, and Matthew McConaughey. Mm -hmm. But yeah, he's just, he's, he's great and has the voice of an angel. So yeah, he, so obviously Love Island, he wasn't supposed to be on here either way, but right, I'm glad, we, I'm glad we covered this. So now I know. All You Ever Do Is Bring Me Down is a great jam. And he looks great in a pair of jeans and a, and a hat. Okay. All right. You ready for another one? I think so. Robert Downey Jr. I like the idea of Robert Downey Jr. Mm -hmm. I like that he's sober. Mm -hmm. I even liked his weird piano jazz album. Mm -hmm. I listened to it a lot. There's so much potential there. Sure. I do love him, but mm. post Iron Man, I think he might be insufferable. Okay. I don't think he can hang. Okay. And that hurts my heart because I do love, I, I just want to be clear when this goes out <laughs> that it's not a reflection because I, I, I might be followed by Robert Downey, by Iron Man. Mm -hmm. um, 
by Terrence Howard. <laughs> and, and I don't want, I, I love, I love Robert Downey Jr. And I think he has such a, a, a great career. I think he's a great actor, but I feel like I just, I cannot deal with a Marvel. I just can't deal with the Marvel universe. Yeah. I can see how that might get complicated. Um, Maya Rudolph. Oh, Love Island. Who would have her on Hate Island? I don't know. Who would do that? I don't know, but the whole point of this game is that it's sometimes polarizing. And I just sort of, I am curious, like... I don't want to meet the person... Yeah. There's a lot of stuff there, but I think that um, she was always really funny on Saturday Night Live. I think she's, I think she's great in everything. Oh, I couldn't agree more. (laughs) Senator Harris, what are you doing here? You dropped out, remember? Oh, this is a debate? (laughs) Honestly, I had no idea. I was just in the neighborhood. But while I'm here, I just want to show you how good you could have had it, America. She is the coolest. Like, just effortlessly cool. Yeah. I just... I don't... I have no beef with her. Okay. I knew that one was pretty much a slam dunk. Glenn Danzig. Oh, love. Love Island, for sure. Talk it through, though, because I do think... (laughs) I mean... Because people need to know there's a full spectrum of Glenn Danzig here, and I think to put him on Love Island, you need to address what a nerd Glenn Danzig is. I mean, I think that he, he loves comic books, wrestling, and Elvis Presley. I just, I feel like that's fine. I think it would be maybe, like, just really interesting to see how he is in his everyday life, not be, just being Glenn. I mean, to go back to an earlier point, like his cultural references are pretty on point. Like he has like a cult, like he and Tim Burton could hang out and talk about like their their weird Martian movies from the 1950s. Mm-hmm. We could watch Gentlemen Prefer Blondes because he loves Marilyn Monroe. Okay. We could get into like certain music. He could tell me about his like techno album. Um, I mean, I think that there are hallmarks that where like Glenn Danzig could actually be pretty cool. And he's shown up and done stuff like to do Aqua Teen Hunger Force requires a certain level of like awareness Mm -hmm. to do Portlandia and be that vampire on the beach takes a certain level of awareness. So it's like really hard to decipher. Like, I think that he might be more, more aware than he portrays i just don't know how self-aware so there's like a dubiousness to that but i would say based off of his music based off of like the misfits based off of like his first three albums based off of the like footage from these like documentaries that they did while he was on tour i i think he might be okay does it change your answer if i tell you he's bringing at least three wolves then it's definitely Love Island, right? Okay. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. So he's on Love Island. Yeah. I mean, he has cats, so he can't be all that bad. Hey, it's your mom. I have a question about that podcast you do. Are you on the Instagram or the Twitter or the Facebook? You know, like if I have an idea for a podcast, how do I get in touch with you? Love you. Bye. Sup, mom? Uh, yeah. So you can find us on all those things, actually. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Just go to PopQuestPod on any one of those and follow. If you want to send us ideas, you can either go over to our website and leave us a message at PopQPodcast, 
or you can get us directly at popq at drexel.edu. You can actually find us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. Um, I can help set it up when I get home, but then you have to promise me to rate and review. All right. Love you. Bye. Okay. Rapid fire. Beyonce. Love Island. Mm-hmm. Love Island. Okay. There's just no getting around it. She's great. I think she's a great singer. I think whoever is in charge, like all of the ways that she has curated her identity post Destiny's Child has been amazing. How she has been able to like move from even just being beyond like Jay-Z. Cause for a while there in the early thousands, like after Destiny's Child, she just kept showing up with Jay-Z. Like whether it was the Bonnie and Clyde stuff or even in Crazy in Love, it was like Jay-Z always had to be present to kind of establish street cred. And now it's just like, who? Exactly. <laughs> like it, it's, I just, I find what she's done so amazing. And I know that people are like, oh, well, you know, she doesn't do this or she doesn't do that. But like whoever she, I feel like she is definitely in charge of her image. Like she knows how to pick great people, if anything. And I think that is in and of itself an incredible talent. I don't know how she's able to keep secrets as long as she does. I mean, I just think she's like amazing. Okay. Yeah. Billie Eilish. Oh, Love Island. Yeah. Yeah. I think that there's a little bit of growing up to do, but like, she's like super young. I mean, the problem child also could have grown up. And yeah, that's why I better. said by problem child three, he could show up. But problem child, you specified problem child number one. I did. I did. I did. Okay. Fair. Billie Eilish isn't like throwing my stuff around and setting it on fire. Like she just wears oversized clothes and people seem to have a problem with that. I don't. What is that about? All like, whenever I see her, I'm like, God, she looks so comfortable. Yeah. She looks <laughs> cool and comfortable and. I think she just kind of is, and I also appreciate the kind of like, what? Like her face is always kind of like, what are we doing here? And mm-hmm. I feel that so much. Yeah. So I, I, yeah, she can stay. I like her songs all right. Yeah. Okay. Holden Caulfield. No, get out of here. Stop complaining. That's, that's it. Oh, it must be real hard for you in the 1950s. You white middle-class man. It's so tragic. Get out of here. Done. (laughs) That was good. (laughs) Okay. Martin Short. No. No means hate. Yeah. I mean, I appreciate what he's there for. And I recognize that other people love his, that work and they can put him on their island. But I just, that energy is like not one. The the only thing, like if it was just, <laughs> I love him on that episode of Law and Order. Oh yeah. oh yeah. I think there are glimpses of him being more than just this like, just flea of a person. I believe you really mean that. I kind of grew on you, didn't I? But if it's just Martin Short, like, dancing and, like, running around at a constant 11, then no. Okay. Like, here's somebody else that we did not discuss, but I put on Hate Island, Billy Crystal. I can't, I can't deal with Billy Crystal. But there are certain circumstances, there are certain films where I 
I am less annoyed when Harry met Sally, forget Paris. Like those are Meg Ryan does a lot of that work though. Yeah, but that's and that's those are um, the conditions under which I am willing to You need a Meg Ryan buffer. Yeah. I also remember liking City Slickers. But I, I remember liking it too at the time, but I haven't seen it I in a long time. I've thought about rewatching it, but I mean, I think but that Billy Crystal. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Tell me about it. But like, there are certain people, and it's always people actually who have a very high energy, which maybe says something. <laughs> so, based on your answer, would you absolutely refuse to watch? something with these people in them if they're on hate island no for me it depends a lot on the context of one who the person is and why they're on hate island mm -hmm. high um, energy hi <laughs> for me if you have high energy and a lust for life dubious <laughs> lower, lower your expectations cue the music a lust for life you're mad at iggy pop now no no iggy pop can always stay i know love island really true really love island like yeah, that is a true love. He island. is the Duke of Love Island. <laughs> so, so no, I mean, it depends on like who the person is and why they're on Hate Island. All right, time out. Then we're gonna slip it in. Polly Shore. I spent a weekend watching eight Polly Shore movies um, because I could. Uh, what else was I gonna do? And I watched everything that had Polly Shore in a starring capacity. Encino Man to Adopted. So what island is Polly Shore on? I'd probably say Love Island. You said it so slow. The problem is that there's so much potential there, but there's no editing. And I don't think mm -hmm. he has had as deep of conversations as I have had <laughs> about gender, race, sexuality. I mean, I think he has had enough to know like the like some areas that are problematic so i don't i i think a part of it is would he be willing to have those conversations so he's on love island i do i mean i just i can't be mad at son-in-law ever okay but i just martin, but martin short is on hate island no, yeah i just say that's that energy is too much hey you can't talk to me like no that. but i can't good oh, oh! Made you in karate for two semesters. <laughs> uh, you brought up Law and Order. Detective Elliot Stabler. Love. Detective Elliot Stabler. Oh, no, hate. <laughs> yeah, no. He's too intense. Chris Maloney? Love. Okay. That's, that's where he gets you. <laughs> that's where he gets you. <laughs> Because Chris, yeah, Chris Maloney, Love Island all day. Yeah. He can be the king. I don't he's care. He's so funny. And he's, he's so, so funny. good. He's, he seems so nice. People seem to really like working with him. He shows up. But Elliot Stabler is just like too much. Brooding. Yeah. I don't have time for that. Yeah. Okay. Matt Berry. Do we have the time? <laughs> well, I wanted to make sure to try and include Matt Berry. Like, shout out. Like, we should all be watching what we do in the shadows. But I think you can be the biggest Matt Berry PSA. Yeah, I mean, Matt Berry is just amazing. He, so Love Island. Uh, 
So 100%. He's mayor. <laughs> um, he's does Toast of London, which is just so brilliant and great. And he's on what we do in the shadows now on FX. And I just, I think he's handsome. I love his voice. I love his tiny weasel eyes. <laughs> I, just, I think he's just the best. And I just get very excited. Like I get giddy when he's on screen. I'm just like, oh my gosh. I get flustered. Fire the nuclear weapons. Stephen, that was good. But do you think you can give it another try? This time say it in a less alarming way. Less alarming? I've just given the order to fire the nuclear weapons. I've just unleashed Armageddon. Yes, but the feeling here is that you could do it in a way which is a little less dramatic. It's just a little bit over top at the moment. Have fun with it. Fire the nuclear weapons. Fire the nuclear weapons. Fire the nuclear weapons. Yeah. Do you want to move on to the next one, Stephen? We can come back to that later. Abandon the vessel immediately. He plays these characters that in real life I would be so turned off by. But it's almost like he brings you full circle where you are agreeing like, yes, you, you're amazing. Um, yeah. It's so weird. I, he's such a talent. So he's, ma- he's you said he's mayor, but Chris Maloney was king. So I'm not <laughs> quite sure I understand the political structures <laughs> of your love <laughs> islands. Chris Maloney will be too busy. I mean, I, I need <laughs> the mayor like day to day. Right. So, but I don't, I don't know how the politics of Love Island work either. <laughs> it's your, it's now, your island. Yeah. Well, I haven't thought about that. I've just been putting people in pods deciding whether or not they belong. I haven't thought about the hierarchy of needs here. Um, okay. Mel- Melinda and I watched the Gilmore Girls together in graduate school. Jess, Dean, Logan. Uh, Jess and Logan, Love Island, Dean goes away. You didn't even get an island? You just drowned him? Sure. <laughs> the dudes of Gilmore Girls are all bad. Rotten. So we're mm-hmm. talking about, like, levels of bad. I think Jess is the least bad of the dudes that Rory sees throughout that time. Okay. Um, Winona Ryder. Love Island. Really? Yeah, she can steal anything she wants. <laughs> allegedly. I mean, you know she's on my Love Island, too. I just wanted to check in and see if it was actually. I mean, she is, for me, what, like, Generation X could have been. She was always somebody that, as a little kid, I was like, that's what adulthood is going to be like. And I recognized that it was always, like, complicated, but... She always was so cool. <laughs> and I feel like that is Winona to a T. Like, wow, she's sure, she sure has it all figured out. Okay, and that makes sense. really didn't. All right, I think this might be the last one. Okay. James Franco. Uh, I think he has to go on Heat Island. Really? I, I, it really could have gone either way. Please talk it through for the, your fans. I'm trying to remember like when I first kind of came across. It must have been like around 2008 because I started watching Freaks and Geeks. The reason I became somewhat fascinated by him was that he started to go to school and go to graduate school at the same time you and I were going to graduate school. Mm-hmm. And he was going to NYU and he was going to Yale and he was like, yeah, and I'm still going to make movies and I'm still going to write and I'm still going to do this and I'm still going to do that. And I was like, here was a celebrity who was representing for me all that was wrong with academia. Like 
we're going to let the celebrity come in and do this work. And it'll look great for us because we have James Franco and like, you can come to Yale and like hang out with James Franco, take a class with James Franco at NYU and learn how to, how to write because I'm definitely going to learn how to write a script from James Franco. That's who I want to read. So like I became obsessed with like, maybe like, maybe I'm being unfair. Maybe James Franco is secretly like the voice of a generation. And so that's when I started like, really like doing kind of a poly short deep dive of like, I'm going to watch a bunch of James Franco movies. And I think he is a talented actor, but like there are certain things he cannot save. Um, and then since, you know, he's been like involved in like me too accusations that have gone nowhere. He has kind of disappeared, which makes me think that like either people have said you need to duck down or you need to not be as present or whatever. Um, Maybe he's just working on his dissertation. He's not. It's been too <laughs> long. It's been too long. And that's also interesting is that there was all this hullabaloo about how he was doing all this stuff in academia and how wonderful it was that he was going to, he was going to have a PhD and he was going to do this. And then when he clearly bowed out, there was no conversation. There was no conversation about like, maybe academia was a little bit harder than I thought. Like maybe you know, being a grad student or maybe like doing this work was not my like jam. There was no discussion. It was just like, it never happened at all. Uh, Which I felt like that could have been a really cool conversation to be like, yeah, it's not just being a Yahoo who likes to read. Like you actually have to do a lot of work and be committed to, to learning. And I, and that just was dodgy too. So do I think he's, very handsome, yes, but it doesn't excuse all of these things. So self-awareness, earnestness, these are qualities that you clearly appreciate, whether or not they're real for the people we're not quite sure, but maybe, and sometimes maybe not, uh, we're not sure. Yeah, I mean, you can't ever be sure because that's how celebrity works, right? Like, these are all people I do not know. So (laughs) it's all based off of image and like, to be fair, really well-constructed curating, right, of the self of the person. But it's just hard to determine, yeah, like what, this is all kind of based off of fantasy and illusion. So in this island fantasy. <laughs> it's not you fantasy. You clearly be on my love island. Really? I wasn't sure. <laughs> I wasn't positive after all your analysis. You'd clearly my love island i think the question is would you want to be there hold on well let's just linger here for a second would you accept this gift is it because i am so earnest about things or is it because or am i in people zoo and you just want to see what she's gonna do next i mean a little bit of column a a little bit of column b Uh, yeah, no, I would definitely want to be on your Love Island, even, even if Jess from the Gilmore Girls is there with all of his books and his bad attitude. Um, you got a lot of good people on your Love Island, as well as some like mega duds, mainly Nicolas Cage. Yeah. What if you had to be next door neighbors with Nicolas Cage on Love Island? You know, I do really like Valley Girl. He's so good in that. He's really good in Raising Arizona, and he's really good in The Weatherman. <laughs> so that's all I've ever wanted to hear you say. 
I've only ever wanted to hear you say he's really good in the weatherman. And I feel like this whole podcast is like a fraud just in order to get you to say that that sentence. He is very good in weatherman because it is a stone cold fact and more people need to recognize it. And the fact that you, somebody who hates Nicolas Cage so much can admit and, and be honest about that assertion because it is, he is really great in that. So what? You keep saying that. So you're on TV, bro. Go work in a bank or something if you don't want to be cool to people. Whatever, just, can you get out of my face? Can you get out of my face? Okay, there. I feel, I feel like I learned a lot today and I, <laughs> I, I'm really glad. Oh, this was fun. So, I mean, for me, it was, this was truly a pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. I had a blast. Thanks, Katie, for doing this. Thank you for that list. It's a That was a real humdinger. Pop the Question was researched and hosted by Dr. Melinda Lewis. Our theme music and episodes are produced by Brian Kantorik, with additional audio production by Noah Levine. All of this was done under the directorship of Erica Levy-Zellinger, the deanship of Dr. Paula Morans-Cohen, and the Pannoni Honors College at Drexel University. I know it's important. I do. I honestly do. What are we talking about? Practice, man. What are we talking about? Practice. We're talking about practice, man. The recording has stopped.